You're listening to On Human Rights, where we bring you interviews with experts from around the world on the latest and most interesting trends and information on human rights and international humanitarian law. We're broadcasting from the Rao Wallenberg Institute in Lund, Sweden. My name's Gabriel Stein. In today's podcast, we speak to Nikke Sandberg, who is the spokesperson for the Afro-Swede Network in Skåne. RWI's visiting researcher Michael McEachran sat down with her to talk about her work and the situation for Afro-Swedes in the country. Yes, uh, Nika, thanks uh, for being here today and uh, here at the Institute and uh, uh, joining us for this podcast. Uh, so perhaps you could begin by saying a few words about yourself and the work you do and your interests and your work uh, in particular uh, around people of African descent in Sweden. Yeah, okay. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here today. So my name is Nike. I'm 26 year old. Um, I from nine to five I work in a small municipality with integration, and the other time I am the spokesperson for a network here in Skåne um, for Afro Suites, which includes people who feel identified to fall into that category. So people of African descent here in Sweden. Um, We're a network who strive to strengthen the inclusion and participation of Afro-Swedes in society and the different sectors of society in the business sector, in politics, in um, positions of power, in yeah, different arenas of society. Um, we feel like there's a huge need for representation and to include Afro-Swedes. Um, so, yeah. Great. And um, are there a lot of organizations like this in, in uh, Sweden? And what, what would you say, uh, is there a uh, need for these sorts of organizations? And... Uh, why would you say that there's a, a a need, maybe a political need even for these sorts of organizations? I definitely feel like there's a need. Um, there are organizations around Sweden. Um, for example, there's a Riksförbund. Um, in st- and that would be in English. <laughs> well, okay. Nat- National Association, National Association, the Afro-Swedish National Association, and different kinds of um, associations and networks, different scales around Sweden, and there are unorganized activists who are trying to pretty much do the same work in social media and other platforms. So there definitely are people out there working. Um, And I feel like we need to uplift all these people and because the work is needed. And I feel like... And from a political perspective, why do you feel that there's a need for these sorts of organizations and maybe raising awareness around the situation of people of African descent in Sweden? From my own standpoint, in the network, the people I meet, 
a lot of people have a lack of trust to society as a whole, have a lack of trust to politicians, and that's a huge issue for Sweden's democracy. Because if you don't feel like, if you don't feel trust to the system, if you don't feel trust for the politicians and that they represent you and that their political agenda will benefit you and better your life, how can you feel like you're, you are a, an equal part of society? So that's one of the main um, goals, I feel why I feel like there's such a need for participation and why there's such a huge need for politicians and pe people of power, there are people in power in all areas of society, why they need to include and listen and not just um, bring people in to show that they have diversity, but actually listen and learn about what other people, other people than the norm are going through. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, so you feel that uh, there's, there's a lack of political recognition of people of African uh, descent, their, their situation, uh, that they maybe are marginalized a bit politically and in society, maybe especially discriminated mm. against mm -hmm. even. Oh, definitely. Yes, uh, and that there's a... Uh, a need for political awareness around uh, discrimination against people of African descent and political representation and uh, having dialogues with civil society about uh, the situation of people of African descent and maybe what to do about it and develop policies and so forth. Yeah, I mean, a while ago there was um, a big report um, around the discrimination of uh, Afro-Swedes in um, the, la the, la the labor market mm -hmm. and how they are being excluded. And who uh, wrote this report? Uh, do you know? Uh, Lance Stirelsen, mm -hmm. also a word in Swedish <laughs> that I'm having trouble <laughs> translating. that might be like the county board of uh, Stockholm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we have anti-discrimination laws. Mm -hmm. very clear anti-discrimination mm -hmm. laws and, and anti-discrimination laws uh, on the basis of race or on the basis of ethnicity ethnicity yeah only ethnicity only ethnicity and that is supposed to entail people of african descent yes and uh, how, how how do you think uh, is that possible or is that a an issue that uh, there I mean, is only uh, only ethnicity is recognized as a ground. I feel just the way the um, uh, report was uh, conducted. I mean, they had. A, I, for instance, is not. Re I am not represented in, in that report. In that report, because they use um, like geographical uh, background um, as a. Um, um, marker mm -hmm. for um, right for how Con country of origin exactly right. and then they use Africa and sub-Saharan and why do you think they did this why did they do because it like that? we don't have any other ways of measuring skin color really in Sweden 
we right what we, was the report based on news based on statistics from national statistics yeah, right exactly. from statistics sweden exactly yeah yes and statistics sweden do they have uh, statistics uh, on race and ethnicity and these they sorts have of categories of uh, age gender and country of origin i mm-hmm. think that's those are the main so that was why they had to also base this study exactly. on the same categories and ha- have that as an indicator of um, of race Afro- or exactly, being, being black or being a person but, of african descent but mm-hmm. for me i have a i'm born in sweden have a mm-hmm. swedish mother and a father from barbados mm-hmm. which is not part of the the uh, continent the african continent mm-hmm. but it's a part of the african diaspora mm-hmm. and you know skin color um plays a bigger role than country of origin mm-hmm. uh, in the way that discrimination works so mm-hmm. i feel like using what they had to go mm-hmm. the report was very was was re- very good and mm-hmm. very important mm-hmm. and, and it was important because it indicated that people of african descent or blacks people in sweden are uh, discriminated against even if not everyone was included in this uh, study like people like yourself yeah, maybe because, and so on but because we talk so much it was of, still useful yeah because we talk so much about not seeing color and mm-hmm. everybody's equal mm-hmm. and as long as you have the credentials mm-hmm. um that's the basis of um whether you should mm-hmm. get a job or not mm-hmm. but you can so, mm-hmm. you can clearly see through that report that mm-hmm. that is not the case mm-hmm. and that's why it's so important the employment to education mm. to and we speak so highly of this the equal opportunity as long mm-hmm. as you you go to school you get your education you do everything right you work for it then you will have it mm-hmm. but what the report shows is that that's, is not the reality that's the reality for some people for some people but it's not the reality for everybody mm-hmm. and it actually shows like if you study more the higher education you get the better opportunities you're going to get mm-hmm. but that's actually not the case for uh, afro swedes mm-hmm. That's why I think feel the report is so good so you can burst that bubble that we have mm-hmm. the image we have of this equal and fair and just society that we live in here in Sweden mm-hmm. and just shine light on that we have excluding and harmful structures mm-hmm. and that they do come to play and I feel like it's also I mean for everybody for everybody every afro swede in sweden who has gone to an interview and didn't get it to get the job and have gone home and questioned themselves was it because i didn't do a good enough job during the interview or was it because of my skin color it gives a sort of reassurance that maybe you're not crazy for having those thoughts and thinking that i can't be cuz because it's kind of discouraging to send out so many um resumes to different companies and not getting called for an interview and it's also discouraging to go to so many different interviews 
and having to question yourself, what am I lacking? Why am I not um, getting what I want that, I'm, that I've been working for so long? So it's actually reassuring to have um, scientific research that shows that there are dis uh, discriminatory structures in society. And it's not about being um, paranoid or paranoid. overly suspicious. Exactly. And, mm -hmm. We talk a lot about um, self-victimization and right. uh, playing the victim. But here we actually have research that shows that there are, regardless of you, say, of you saying that you are color, colorblind, I have a skin color <laughs> and so does everybody and that actually is a factor of your um, opportunities. It, it does matter in society. It does. It does affect your, your opportunities. Yeah. It does have a social significance. Uh, yes. Sir. Now um, there's a new uh, report by the European Union that uh, you're very familiar with that uh, was uh, published back in November last year, being black in the EU by the European mm. Union Agency uh, for Fundamental Rights. And uh, it uh, uh, shows that across the European Union, um, people of African descent are especially discriminated against mm -hmm. uh, in many areas of society, uh, and uh, including in Sweden, including in areas such as uh, employment, uh, education, um, housing, uh, also um, vulnerability to, uh, to hate crimes uh, and uh, so forth. And um, so Sweden, what you're, what you're describing about Sweden and employment doesn't seem to be a specifically Swedish no. uh, problem. It's something that yeah. is uh, you find in uh, uh, all European uh, countries. Uh, and uh, given uh, that, if that is true, <laughs> uh, you know, what, uh, how should, uh, how do you feel, uh, you know, this uh, problem uh, should be understood recognized and addressed by politicians politically well for one it should be recognized and talked about um sweden has gotten criticism from the un for example um of how they're handling uh, uh hate crimes and the organizations uh organization of um uh hateful groups, yes, <laughs> so sir. to say. And I think, I think one issue in Sweden is that we have this image of being so great and being so mm. equal and tolerant and fair, and that we have, have a problem seeing the problem, yeah. The problem, recognizing it, that it exists. Yeah, yeah, it's just, there's been so many um, events lately, or not lately, they, they've always happened, but they've, in media, media have showcased a lot of um, incidents. incidents lately. And the first reaction to this is people uh, having doubts 
and always asking what the victim in these uh, incidents did to provoke um, violence, to provoke the hate. And this just caused even more uh, distrust to... Um, distrust uh, from whom? Uh, from Afro-Swedes. From Afro-Swedes, yes. If, if they don't feel like uh, they're being listened to, if, if they don't feel like they will get justice, um, how will they feel trust to institutes um, in Sweden? Institutions, political authority, yeah. and so forth. If it's not recognized that uh, issues of racism and discrimination are a reality in Sweden and uh, they are a reality for people of African descent and uh, have a very uh, concrete impact on mm. uh, uh, the everyday lives of yeah. uh, people of African descent. If that is not recognized but it is uh, uh, always uh, explained away with uh, yeah. uh, and, and uh, where the maybe blame even is placed on the victim rather than patterns of discrimination in society. Because we're so then, tolerant mm -hmm. of the intolerant. Mm -hmm. uh, we're so tolerant of intolerance. And it just baffles my mind. I don't understand why we're always fighting for free speech and not paying, re not paying any regard to the people being um, falling victim to the people who misuse this freedom. And the more tolerant we get to intolerance, the more intolerant the, the society will get. And this paradox is just so, just this, it's so, um, um, it just, uh, it adds to the, de the denial that uh, racial discrimination is a problem if you keep uh, being tolerant towards uh, extremist uh, racist groups and expressions and yeah. in the name of free speech and that 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 just adds to the lack of recognizing that racial discrimination is real and it is a problem it needs to be taken seriously it mm. needs to be recognized and it needs to be addressed politically yeah. yes yeah mm -hmm. yes you uh, you were saying that you think there's a lack of political recognition, right, and uh, of racial discrimination, and that racial discrimination needs to be addressed. Uh, then, of course, a question, uh, a follow-up question would be, well, how do we uh, address, or how should racial discrimination be addressed politically? Uh, the other year, the, uh, the Swedish government developed a national action plan against racism and maybe do you know uh, something about uh, what uh, the sorts of measures that it included uh, were and uh, how if there were any measures uh, against uh, anti-black racism if you will uh, and were these measures you think effective or sufficient and uh, Yes, what, what would you say about that then? Um, like in the network, what we're doing is creating, because what I touched on um, before was just that I feel there's a lack of representation in um, 
politics. So how can we, how can we fight something that yourself is not a victim to? How can you understand an issue that yourself, um, I'm not affected to? That's very difficult. And I feel, so we have that problem. At the same time, we have a problem of people feeling that the politicians don't represent them, they don't understand them, and they don't listen to them. So when they go out and, or not go out, when they invite uh, people, because all over Sweden, in pretty much every municipality, we have politicians who invite um, people to um, for dialogues to listen to the people uh, that they're supposed to represent but the problem with this is only people who feel trust to, uh, trust to them will appear on these sorts of meetings so if you go out and try to invite and get as mu as many um, ideas and thoughts uh, as possible from the people, the result is not going to be a diverse, um, mm -hmm. and, a rep and a, you're not going to get the, the representation that you're hopefully looking for. So I feel what needs to be done is politics needs to be more inclusive. You need to actively go out and act actively search um, for the people that you're missing, for people who, who are being marginalized. Um, because if they don't feel trust for you, why, why should they bother going to a meeting when they know that, or they feel that mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what I say, they're not gonna listen to me anyways. So, what we're trying to do with the network is to go out and work as a bridge mm -hmm. um, to try to create these dialogues. Um, we had a meeting with, um, um, with the Regional Committee of Democracy. And it was just so interesting because they were all sitting and they all seemed so surprised and so shocked by what we were saying and how we were expressing um, what we were going through. Um, because we have this idea of racism being eradicated here in Sweden. And we have this picture of a racist person being this big bad wolf that only exists in out there. And you don't see racism as structures and a way of doing and you can be the greatest person on earth but still uh, have biases and, have biases mm -hmm. and still have actions that are um, enforcing racist structures mm -hmm. so i feel like there needs to be an awareness of even if you have the best intentions in the world as if you keep um holding certain structures and you keep doing things the same way we're not going to have any difference no change there's not going to be any change and that's why i feel it's so so important to actively search and not just wait for people to 
um, appear in uh, your town meetings or mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. you organize. Mm-hmm. And your association uh, wants to provide like a platform, as you said, to create dialogues between policymakers and the Afro-Swedish community. Yeah. Um, and this is also something that many would say is uh, key to a healthy democracy. Uh, dialogues between uh, the uh, elected officials, policymakers, politicians, and civil society. Yeah. And this is exactly uh, what... Uh, you are then trying uh, to uh, encourage these sorts of dialogues. and uh, But coming back to policymaking uh, mm-hmm. too, uh, Sweden was reviewed by the uh, by CERD, the uh, UN Committee on the Elimination of Racial Discrimination, back in May. And among their criticisms, and they came with some pretty uh, harsh criticisms yeah. of, of Sweden, uh, was that, uh, you know, they criticized Sweden for not doing enough when it comes to anti-black racism, uh, and also uh, that they noted that Sweden does not want to use so-called special measures. Now, special measures, and Sweden, are part; they are party to uh, the uh, UN Convention on the Elimination of All Forms of Racial Discrimination, which is the most world's most prominent Uh, human rights convention against uh, racism, the only one actually. Uh, And uh, an important part of that convention is that if you have a society where um, it is the case that certain groups, racial groups, ethnic groups, religious groups are especially discriminated against and do not enjoy Uh, equal human rights, then it is the responsibility of states to develop group-based so-called special measures for these groups to protect and promote their equal enjoyment of human rights. And one would think, well, isn't that pretty obvious, pretty logical, but yet Uh, Sweden uh, has then uh, expressed doubts uh, and uh, have then um, said to the committee that they do not want to use such measures. So what would be uh, your take on that? I just feel like they are afraid because they're just going back to the discourse of we don't see color. I feel like they're afraid of if we start talking about uh, color and race, um, or just opening Pandora's box and playing in the hands of the um, of the extremists, um, so I think it just boils down to um, to that. Mm-hmm. A denial of the problem. Yeah not wanting to see it, recognize it, and address it politically. Yeah. Yes. Okay, Nikia. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks a lot for for this uh, conversation and uh, being a part of this uh, podcast here at the Raoul Wallenberg Institute. 
and uh, keep up the good work. Oh, thank you, Michael. Yes. <laughs> That was Nika Sanberry, spokesperson for the Afro-Swede Network in Skona, speaking to RWI's visiting researcher, Michael McCachran. Thanks for listening to On Human Rights. We'll be back soon with more interviews with experts from around the world on the latest issues affecting human rights and international humanitarian law.